I'm Chris Ronzio. Welcome to Organize Chaos. Welcome to Organize Chaos. Take a page out of other business leaders' playbooks and get candid advice from Chris Ronzio. People, processes, productivity, and how to organize your life around it all. Today's episode is part two of the consulting session with Ben Gerster of Joybyte, which is a design and brand marketing agency. The following audio continues on the topic of candidate tracking, the various stages of the interview process, running skills tests with potential hires, and also setting expectations from day one with your new hires. So if you're not using Trello or maybe you're doing something that's you're, you're hiring more frequently, you're going to use an applicant tracking system, an ATS it's called. We use a tool called Lever. There's a lot of these out there though. We've used in the past one called Breezy, one called Workable. Um, there's, so there's a lot of these tools, but the, the benefit of them, think of it as like a CRM for hiring. So they've got pre-built templates to send people like if they did, had a really crappy interview and you're like, I'm sorry, but we're, we're going to end things here, you know, or, uh, you know, just, just setting appointments that link into your calendar thing, you know, leaving feedback and asking your team for feedback when they've also interviewed the person. Um, I read this book called uh, Who by, I think it's by Jeff Smart. Have you heard of that? Hmm amazing book. I actually did, I did the audio book while I was running, but it was really helpful in terms of just this whole recruiting and hiring process, the screening interviews, the in-person interviews, the types of questions to ask. Um, one of the things I found myself doing when it was just me running the process is I, I was the sales guy, you know, I'm like so used to selling customers uh, and and doing presentations and I'm, I'm, I want to close the deal. And so everyone that I'd meet with, I'd be just convincing them how amazing it was yeah. to work here. And then sometimes I would close the wrong person. You know, I'm, I'm looking for ways to get the deal done and not the reverse, which is like devil's advocate of why shouldn't they work here? Um, so one of the, the, the big things for me was putting other people from the company earlier in the hiring process so that I don't just become this cheerleader for a person that I had like a really fun conversation with. That's an extremely valuable piece of advice right there. I think that's the same thing I've run into over the history here is feeling that need to sell the business to somebody else and just get um, lost in the fact that they really are the one that we're evaluating to see if they're a good fit for us. Yeah. So it's important to sell the business, but that's the last step. Yeah. Um, so, so now I'm, I'm the last interview in the process. And if they make it to the last interview, they've already been vetted for culture and skills and reference checked and their, you know, comp is in the right range. And by the time they get to me, I'm like, here's why you should pick us instead of all the other offers that you probably have because you're so awesome, you know? And so then it is a sales thing. But yeah. if, if you start with selling people up front, then you kind of get attached to trying to get this person hired, even if they're not the right fit. Right. 
Um, all right. So I, I threw out a ton of stuff there, but we kind of skipped over like the interview process. So why don't you talk about, you know, how do you do this now? Do you do screening interviews, in-person interviews, any kind of tests? Yeah. So depending on the role, uh, so it depends on, you know, what the skill set that we're looking for is we do um, a series. We kind of, as you mentioned, we started with a very like simple interview process um, where it was me involved in the first round. Now we have pulled me out a little bit further back on that. So depending on which role it is, we'll have the direct manager or department manager of that area perform the first round interview. But before we've even gotten there, of course, we go through and try to screen all the applicants that we have that came in, just reviewing their resumes and really looking at their skills and their history and, um, and see if there's anybody that stands out from that process. We try to shorten that up as much as possible. Um, although I think that's an area we could do better at. Um, but, uh, the, the department head will sit down and have a, a, a meeting with that person and ask them a series of questions. If they're satisfied and feel like they're a good fit, then they'll go into a skill test with us, whether that's a programming test. But what we like to do is, is we like to do that with them right there on the spot. Um, we, we typically will throw a problem on the table and that may be um, a programming level problem. That may be um, a logic based problem or a marketing problem, but we'll throw the issue on the table. And we like to collaborate with them through solving that problem um, because we really want to look at how do they work. And it's not always just a question for us of, do you have the skill to do this? It's more so how will we, how will we work together, right? If we're right. going to, you on our team. And so that really helps us a lot. And also disarms um, that process a little bit, I think, is that we're willing to make it more collaborative with them. Yeah. Um, and for us, we just gain a ton of insight through that process. Yeah. So once, once they've gotten through that, we ultimately um, have a very short list at that point. And that's where um, I'd like to sit and have a conversation with them and then really understand if, they, if I feel like they're a strong culture fit for the vision of the company. And ultimately, mm -hmm. if I give it the green light, then we move forward. Yeah. So, so many good takeaways there, but you know, we've done it both ways with the in-person collaboration and the like take home project or homework. Yeah. And what I think is great about the in-person scenario is usually that's a second in-person interview uh, that we do that where we'll bring a problem to the table that's an active issue that we're trying to work through. And so in one case, it was like an influencer proposal that we were trying to, uh, you know, do a marketing deal with. And we sat there as a team with this person interviewing and scrolled through to get their feedback on the proposal. And it was really insightful to hear how they thought about the issue, how they, you know, agreed or disagreed with other members across the table. So I think that's powerful. Um, but the at-home projects are something we do for everyone now. So um, at, you know, kind of the middle stage, we, so first we'll do a, a screening interview just to make sure there's no red flags and, and uh, some basic reference checks. Then we'll do the in-person interview with kind of a panel of people we bring in. We have to meet a few people. And then we do a homework assignment after that that's actually doing some skills testing. So for developers, it is a development test. But for uh, other positions, it's, you know, it, it could be a, um, a scenario and we're asking them like how they'd respond or, you know, write a couple emails and how would you do this? Or it could be a financial project where they're making a spreadsheet or it just depends on the role. But they take that and and their next interview is presenting that back to us. And so then we can see how they went about the problem, how strategic they were in thinking about it or like an actual example of their work, um, which is really powerful because then you don't hire someone 
and cross your fingers that they know how to do the thing that they said they knew how to do. You're testing them up front. And, you know, I, there's so many companies I've talked to that get surprised with bad performance once you're paying the person. And it's like test driving a car or something. Like you've got to have at least an example of, I like this, this is the quality I'm looking for. Yeah. Um, so it sounds like you do that too. And then the, the other big thing we do is we develop a scorecard for every position and it's, it's very simple. It's like a little table, but we always have our six core values on there. And then we've got a handful of other things that relate to competencies for the role. And so everyone that's interviewing the person is evaluating on those 10 things to say, you know, on a scale of one to five, how, how, how great of a fit are they across these values and how competent do they seem across the things we need for this role? And so that adds kind of a quantifiable element to comparing different candidates against each other. Nice. All right. So, so you've gone through the screening interviews, you've done some kind of test and despite all of the process that it sounds like you have, there's certain people that don't work out uh, what do you think goes wrong or, or where, where are you missing the mark? Uh, I think that for us, it's been the process of kind of growth and that our, we've struggled with having a rigid process for people to follow, I think. And so we put a lot into their hands, you know, following an agile development methodology and prioritizing, you know, discussion, conversation over written process has kind of been one of the cores to how we operate. And so I think that what ultimately we've fallen short on is, is probably um, standards and expectation management and putting too much into the, you know, unique capabilities of, um, of our team and, and relying on them to deliver that portion of the work. Um, yeah. So I think that that's for us right now, one of the big things we're really focused on is trying to, you know, use trainual document process and, and set some standards that are easier. Yes. Easier for people <laughs> to follow. So, <laughs> all right. So not, not, this was not a place commercial, no. I promise, but, no. but, um, so, Another one of the things that we do that's worked really well is when someone starts, we do a welcome interview, I call it. And this is just sitting down and setting expectations with someone, um, you know, verifying with them. Here's why we picked you. Here's why we hired you. This is what we liked in the interview process. Here's what we expect of you. This is what, what you know, why we're hiring this position. And what did you like about us? Why did you pick us? So it's a great way to just set the foundation of, you know, continuing on from two or three weeks ago when you, when they accepted the job, now it's their first day. So that conversation, and then we talk about what projects or milestones or specific objectives are you going to hit in your first week, in your first 30 days, in your first 90 days. And that I think is a, a key part of this because if someone comes in and doesn't have clear expectations, if it's just kind of like, here's your domain and go, then you can't necessarily hold them accountable to results you haven't communicated to them. And so upfront, we try to come up with at least a full few bullet points of here's what we're expecting this week, this month, this quarter. Um, beyond that, we do 90 day check-ins with every person on the team. And that's just a process we started to uh, really create this culture of accountability where we say, here's what you agreed to 90 days ago. 
here's how it went either great or okay or not so great. Here's what we learned from it. And here's what the next 90 days are going to look like. And, and we challenge everybody to have these measurable goals because then it keeps the conversation open where someone doesn't get that, you know, their performance doesn't dip too, too bad to where it's unrecoverable. It, mm -hmm. it, Forces, it's a forcing function for us to say, let's keep talking about this and make sure things are going well. And now, in, in, not in every case does it go well, though. Sometimes there's still hard conversations that need to happen, but at least you've got this mechanism where you're constantly communicating. Yeah, that makes sense. I think that's an area that we've really um, needed to improve in is the frequency of our check-ins. You know, we got into the habit of really getting into six months or even a year with a lot of people that we were getting comfortable with. And then there's just so much that can happen in that time period without that touch point. Yeah, totally. And, and, and it's not even that you're only going to talk every six months or every three months. You know, we, we use this thing. Uh, it's called donut. I think it's like a Slack plugin that randomly assigns groups of, you know, two people, uh, every week, uh, you're paired up to meet with someone else and go grab a coffee or a donut or something like that. And so it's just a fun little thing that our head of people started. And the purpose is just to, you know, it's, it's to encourage the cross department collaboration and communication is to get people to talk to people they might not otherwise talk to. But it's also great for me because it's, it forces me to, you know, go for a half hour walk around the block with someone that I ha didn't have a meeting scheduled with. And it's, it's cool the insights I get or the things I find out about when I do those meetings. Hey, thanks for listening to Organize Chaos. If you like this episode, be sure to subscribe and leave a review or share it with anyone in your network that you think could use this information. If you want to connect with me personally, please text me 480-531-8411 or connect with me anywhere on social at Chris Ronzio. Or you can connect with Trainual at Trainual, just like a training manual. See you next time.